Hey, hey, friends. I'm Jessie Deshane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There may be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me and being the first ever guest on Chronically Healing. I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, How are you doing? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Um, So just a little bit of background for everyone that is listening. I have known Michelle since I was four, five, something like that, since like preschool. Uh, We lived very close to each other. We were within like (laughs) not even a mile from each other growing up pretty much our entire lives until we went off to college. Um, And yeah, so we've been super close friends all of our life. And now we're basically completely across the country from one another, but still having a great time. So she, of course, was one of the first guests that I wanted to make sure I had on this podcast um, because she has a really interesting story that I think y'all will be super interested in. So with that, why don't you start off kind of telling everybody a little bit about you, um, where you live, where you're from, anything you want to talk about. Okay. Um, I'm from the same place that you are. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Tiny, tiny town with one stoplight. We might have more than one now. I'm not really sure. Um, I currently live in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, I am a military significant other. Um, So that is where the Marine Corps has brought us. Currently, that Mm. will be changing with soon. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I am a, uh, my background is in social work. I have a bachelor's and master's degree in social work. Um, but I currently work as a recovery care coordinator for the Marine Corps wounded warrior regiment. So I basically do non-medical case management to assist wounded, ill and injured through their transitions, um, whether that be back to duty or to the civilian sector. So that's what I do. That's so cool. That's so cool. I love that. And you're, well, I mean, you've been an aunt for a while, but you're a new aunt to another baby. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could see her. I She's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's probably my greatest joy. I am an aunt. I have a soon to be 13 year old nephew, a five year old niece, and my newest nephew is three months old and they are the light of my life. Oh, I love that. I know yeah. every time, every time your sister Amber puts up the baby on Instagram or anything, I'm like, oh, baby. <laughs> but then it's also so weird because I remember when like Amber was a baby. So like, or at least very soon. Yeah. Um, I still, I still get that same way. I'm like, why does my baby sister have a baby? But every time <laughs> she posts a picture or sends me something, I screenshot it. And then I'm like, this isn't creepy at all. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's your sister. It's fine. Um, awesome. 
So why don't we jump into a little bit about your chronic illness story? Like, do you want to give us a little bit of a background about how you started and what your particular struggles are? Um, any kind of background on that? Yes. So, so you want to know what, what, what I have, what, excuse me, what I have and like, yeah, where like how, at? yeah, where you're at, um, kind of maybe when you found some of this stuff out, anything, I just, I think okay. that for the most part, I think people will find it interesting just to hear about different women with the same issues. In fact, I had two women message me on Instagram um, saying they have both of the things that you do. So I just think that that's interesting. Um, so yeah, any kind of background you want to give what you have, like how you got there, just go for it. Tell us your story. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it was only two women that reached out to you. Um, though I'm also not surprised because a lot of women don't know. So they don't know to say like, yes, I also have this. They might be suffering, but they don't know. Because it's um, PCOS and endometriosis are, um, there's a lack of research and a lack of knowledge in the medical community. So um, it's estimated that up to 50% of women that suffer from infertility have endometriosis and or oh, PCOS. Yeah. Um, and you could have endometriosis um, and not have any symptoms. The symptoms um, don't correlate. It's, it, it's very hard to explain because, uh, okay, so for myself personally, I can't speak for other women. I have um, suffered with pain with my cycles and daily chronic pain since I was 12, 13 years old. I've been to multiple doctors. I've been through multiple med medications. I've had endoscopies. I've had colonoscopies. I've seen gastroenterologists. I've seen pain management doctors. And they all just say like, you're fine. Mm. Like basically that it's all in my head. Um, oh, that's and, just like <laughs> doctors. <laughs> it's the worst because you say, no, it's not in my head. Actually, my pain is like all right here. So yeah, it's not in my better? head. It's actually down somewhere not by my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I, I got to a point that I actually stopped going to doctors mm -hmm. and I just kind of, you know, felt like, okay, I'm just going to live like this for the rest of my life. And it just kind of sucks, but this is just going to be my quality of life. It's just going to be kind of poor. Mm. Um, it, it made it worse that it felt like my, my symptoms were not being validated and that people actually thought that things were in my head. I've gone to the ER so many times because of abdominal pain that I can't explain that a few days later feels better. Whereas it turns out it's actually cyst bursting and mm. you know, I'm just told like, you're fine. No big deal. Um, so it got to a point that actually in 2000 and the beginning of 2017, I was experiencing some not so great um, symptoms um, turns out it was a side effect of the last birth control I was put on, which was an IUD. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing with endometriosis that I did not know was that estrogen makes it grow. Um, mm -hmm. And as women, we ha we have estrogen anyways <laughs> in our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, but oral contraceptives or um, or com combination contraceptives, so with estrogen and progestin in them obviously makes it worse because you're adding additional estrogen. And so I was given an IUD called Skyla that literally would drop me to my knees in pain. I've oh indescribable pain. And I got to a point that I was like, I can't do this. Like I need, I need this needs to get out of me. I need to do something. I was lucky enough to randomly find the most amazing doctor by chance 
and sat down with this doctor and had a conversation. And she initially, this doctor that I met with, she eventually referred me to the doctor that diagnosed me with endo, but the first doctor is the one that diagnosed me with PCOS. And it was because she looked at, she looks at her patients holistically. Mm. Um, so she talked about all of my pain and my chronic pain and my fatigue and the symptoms that I was having. And her exact words were, I'm sorry, but I think you've been misdiagnosed your whole life. She did oh the gosh. blood test and it came back that I have PCOS. So that pain was not just in my head, yeah. obviously. Um, and she, but be, because she does not um, specialize in endometriosis, she actually referred me to my current doctor, Mm -hmm. um, within the same medical group. Um, and that doctor again is from, took a holistic approach and is not in the habit of just, you know, cutting open people. But unfortunately the only way to officially diagnose endometriosis is through a laparoscopic procedure. So she referred me to, um, a pelvic floor therapist and pain management. She, I was seeing a nutritionist. I was doing all of that and it was kind of helping, Mm -hmm. but it got to a point that like we, I needed to have the surgery to know for sure. And I try to keep a positive attitude about things, but as I said, this is stupid. Let's just go home. They're yeah. going to cut me open. They're not going to find anything. It's all in my head. I, this, it'll be fine, right? Like, just like, let's just go home. I woke up in the recovery room and I had overheard a nurse um, talking to somebody. I believe it was to Cody, like telling him like, Hey, she's awake. You can come to the hospital mm-hmm. and get her. Um, Cody's her, Cody's her saying, boyfriend, by the way. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, telling him that I had been under for two hours, which with conversations with my doctor, I knew meant that like something more had happened during mm-hmm. the surgery than just like opening me up, seeing it's all good and then closing me up and calling it a day. Um, I got a phone call from my doctor a few hours later, and she told me I had stage three endometriosis. I have a completely blocked and scarred right fallopian tube, which will mean that in the future, if I want to have children, I will have to have it removed. Um, Yeah. And that kind of started my journey of like having answers and like trying to feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Do, do you feel like um, during that time, were you reaching out to anyone else? Like when you weren't getting answers from doctors, were you like, were you looking online? Were you, or had you kind of just given up for a little bit at that point? Kind of just, yeah. Do you know what I'm asking? I had, yeah, yeah. So I, I actually had like, there was a point where I had given up, but mm. then there was also a point like right before I found my doctor that I had started looking out and I was like trying yeah. to do my own research. And I yeah. don't like to self-diagnose because if you Google your symptoms, oh, yeah. everybody's dying. For sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. My broken toe <laughs> is definitely toe cancer for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. So just in case we have anybody listening that isn't uh, super up to date on what endometriosis and PCOS are, honestly, I don't know a ton about it either. Do you want to kind of give a little bit of background on what that is? Yes. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It is estimated that um, between one in five and one in 10 women in the United States have PCOS. It is a hormonal disorder. Um, so basically your ovaries don't function correctly. As women, we know that 
hormones control everything in our bodies from our weight to the, our feelings, our mental health, our physical health. Um, so it creates a lot of issues. Um, and endometriosis is when endometrial lining, which is similar to the tissue that is inside of your uterus, grows mm -hmm. outside of your uterus and other parts of your body. Mm -hmm. Usually it's within your abdominal cavity somewhere, um, but some women have experienced it on their lungs, on their um, livers, upper, upper organs, and even in their brain. Wow. Wow, that's insane. What was the scariest part of this whole journey for you so far? Um, I think I would have to say the scariest part was the, um, the diagnosis and knowing what that meant. Mm -hmm. um, prior to... Um, Prior to my surgery, I actually, you know, when I was younger, I used to think like I wanted like a hundred children. Um, <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm 30 and I'm good with just one dog. <laughs> but, you know, I, then I got to a point where I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe. And then I think the scariest part was coming out and knowing that like if at any point in the future I want to have children, that is going to be a roadblock, that I am mm. going to experience issues. Um, Thankfully, both of my um, sisters assured me that gynecology and obstetrics, there's been such great advances in their science be, like to help. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that there's that, but it's still kind of scary to know that like there is something else that could dictate my future. Yeah, isn't that, it's like, it's so terrifying. It's interesting. Like, I feel like saying like a lot, sorry guys, but I feel like when you get your diagnosis, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like you're so excited to know, okay, my symptoms, I was not faking this. I'm not a hypochondriac. This is actually something that is happening inside of my body. Cool. I have a diagnosis. I know what to do. And then you're like, bullshit. Like, <laughs> but here's all the things. Like I had a doctor recently tell me, that whenever I want to get pregnant, that the first person I should tell is my man and the second person I should tell is him because they will need to immediately up my medication. It's going to be harder for me to get pregnant. Um, I'm going to have to up my medication, be really careful in pregnancy due to um, like there, it could cause issues with like brain damage and things like that. And with a baby and I'm just like, holy crap, it's, it's insane. Like, and that's just, baby stuff. Like it's crazy when you start thinking about these things and, um, it's definitely a double-edged sword to think about. Like it's exciting. Okay. I have an answer. I know what this is. Hopefully I can do something about it or at least understand how to manage my pain and understand where it's coming from. But then at the same time, it's still pretty scary, which I will say I think is why some people, it's just too overwhelming. And I can't speak to everyone because there are some autoimmune, autoimmune and uh, chronic illnesses out there that are just wretched and they're so awful. And I can't, so I can't speak to everyone, but I think that it's, it's easy to fall into that trap of, okay, I'm just going to be sick forever. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, yeah. Do you, did you fall into that trap at all? Or do you feel like, I know that I know because I know you that you're a pretty positive person, but like everybody still has 
still has their, their days. Do you feel like, um, what did you reach for to kind of stay positive in your journey and to not fall into that trap of, oh my gosh, my life is over right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's, everybody does have days. Um, you know, I've had a high pain week actually this week, Mm. coincidentally. And so when I go home, it's a matter of like laying on my, my heating pads and just like, is this over? Like, is this what the rest of my life is? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then of course my, my heating pad broke. And so, oh no, like, my boyfriend asked me last night, can you wait seven days? I just ordered you a new one. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, but I initially, when I was diagnosed, I, I reached out. Thankfully we have social media. Like again, social media is like, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because I reached out for communities. I found groups um, like on Facebook. However, what I found was that there are a lot of people in that category that you just described. Mm. And when you are reading people's messages that are just full of negativity, and mind you, this is speaking specifically for endometriosis and PCOS. I'm not speaking about other autoimmune diseases um, or chronic illnesses, but for mine, and I'm reading all of this negativity and I'm like, I can't, I can't be a part of that because Mm that's, I don't want that to be my life. Um, so I actually had to remove myself from them. You know, I've only followed, I only follow a couple of them now, um, because they have helpful medical information in them Mm -hmm. um, and generally positive people. Um, but that's, that my biggest thing is just trying to stay positive and connecting myself with positive people, like with your AI, you know, positivity group, you know, finding people that I can connect with that have positive attitudes. Yeah. Well, thanks for that little plug. I, you know, I love that, (laughs) but, (laughs) but yeah, no, that's like the whole reason that I kind of wanted to start this like podcast and, and that group. And I kind of started switching over my Instagram page to be a little bit more focused because I just feel like all of the groups I joined for my Hashimoto's, it was just everybody that I saw, I mean, they were putting up uh, memes about how awful they are feeling or they're, you know, this one, I specifically remember this one woman talking about how uh, her husband was like, she was so awful to her husband because she couldn't control her moods and she couldn't control this and she couldn't control how tired she was. And everybody, there's this huge thread and everybody's talking about how they've lost their husbands. They've lost their partners because, um, because of this illness, basically, because this illness can turn you into a different person, especially if you're not taking care of yourself. And, and I remember reading it and being terrified because I just got engaged and I'm just like, oh my God, like, I know that I have days where I'm a completely different person and like, is this going to happen to me? So, and I'm a pretty positive person too. And I just was starting to go down this rabbit hole. And I just, again, I had to remove myself from those groups because as much as I wanted that connection, um, I didn't want that kind of connection because I know that I can fall into that. And unfortunately, there's some people that will join those groups and they will fall into that because they just assume that that's the way that it is. Um, and and I just hope for so many people that that's not what they do. But yeah, I'm a firm believer that your thoughts dictate 
your life. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can have bad days, you know, mm-hmm. and you can have a couple bad days, but like focusing on that negative or being surrounded by people that only focus on the negative, that's ultimately what your life's going to be like. And when you already have bad days and you're in pain and like you feel like crap and your hormones are all over the place and all of which things are that you can't necessarily control, mm-hmm. you can control who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. I did have a question come in actually. I don't remember if it was from Instagram or the Facebook group, but um, they asked, how did your doctor suggest you treat your illness versus how did you decide to do so? Um, that's actually a really, really good question because I just changed my course of treatment. Oh, interesting. Um, so initially, um, I mean, my doctor was very, my doctor is educated within endometriosis. And um, during my surgery, she actually brought in a fertility specialist to assist Um but she had me on um, a progestin, like progestin therapy. I've been on four different medications since July of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very willing. She was very willing to work with me on what I wanted. So when I was not experienced, when I was experiencing the side effects of one, and I was like, no, no, not doing it. <laughs> yeah. she, she was more than willing to change for change my medication for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more research that I've done um, and the conversations I've had with my doctor, I can't, you, no person can be a long-term on a progestin only form of therapy. It messes with your hormones, um, having heightened senses of special, specifically synthetic hormones in your body. It's just not good. Um, so I have actually just recently changed to a hormone free course of treatment. Mm. Um, and I am thankfully my doctor is actually very supportive of that. Um, but ultimately it's because it's, she's, she's uh, patient focused. Um, mm which I, I am blessed to have found a doctor finally, which that actually might also be a really scary thing as eventually my doctor is going to change. And I wish I could just oh, like yeah, when shrink her, put, yeah. her, put her in my pocket and take it where it takes yeah. me. Maybe she'll do, you know, more and more doctors are doing like virtual visits. I think that that's such a cool idea. Um, it is. Yeah. It is. is. Do you have a, I say this, do you have a, normal with air quotes <laughs> doctor or do you have like a functional medicine doctor naturopath what are who are you working with i actually my doctor is an obgyn uh, oh, yeah. slash surgeon um, perfect she ha- she has referred me out to a um pelvic floor therapist um a massage therapist um and to a naturopath and to a like a, a nutritionist but specifically she is an obgyn Got it. But she's still obviously very open to other forms of medicine, which is, which is good. Other forms of healing, because you know what, it's not always just shoving us full of pills. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And that was actually her big thing. She was very adamant that I try these other courses of action before even being willing to like cut me open, which I was thankful for because that's the last thing anybody wants to do. Yeah. Nobody wants to have surgery. No, no, not at all. Especially if you're not going to get anything from it. (laughs) Do you feel, okay, so I kind of got this question, um, but do you feel like location helps at all? I'm not sure if this will be the same for you, but for example, I live in the Midwest. That's from your, where you're from, obviously. And sometimes I feel like 
the weather and darkness kind of messes with my mindset, kind of messes with my overall health because my mindset takes a downturn. Do you feel like um, living in Charleston and now in Hawaii for so long, do you feel like that helped or do you did you not really notice that much of a difference in comparison to here um maybe more with your mindset than with your your actual symptoms no it does Mm. it definitely does um I certainly experienced the you know winter blues Mm. um, living in the in the midwest um I prefer to be super warm and I prefer to be in the sun yeah um (laughs) (laughs) so no I think it has and I mean even for me just like just a sunny day like that just makes me feel better in general like just I have a more positive mindset when it's sunny versus when it's like super gloomy or there's like six feet of snow outside (laughs) yeah right thankfully you know that just ended here like a couple weeks ago no I'm just kidding but (laughs) but still (laughs) I had another woman on Instagram ask me this question and I kind of lumped it in with another one but can you talk a little bit about what your initial symptoms were and how long you had them before you were diagnosed um Anything like that with your symptoms if you are misdiagnosed because of them? Yeah. Yes, I can. Um, So my whole life, I have struggled with problems with my weight, Mm -hmm. um, brittle hair, my, or brittle, excuse me, brittle nails, like my nails don't grow, my hair falling out in clumps, um, my weight again, like I I said that losing weight, gaining weight, the issues with that. And then pain wise, I've had fatigue my entire life. I'm always tired. When I was younger, the joke used to be that like, I, you know, would sleep all day, which I really would. Um, (laughs) Now I, now, now I only get up because I have to go to work and pay my bills. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Um, physical pain. I've had digestive issues my whole life, which is why I was sent to so many gastroenterologists. I've had a colonoscopy and endoscopy, GI issues, pain in my stomach, pain in my abdomen. Um, what ultimately actually led me to say these, like to say enough is enough is that like for about a solid year and my stubbornness of not going to the doctor, I was dealing with um, irregular bleeding and um, indescribable pain and cramping Mm. all the time, not even just with like a cycle. So yeah, I remember you talking about that. Was there like anything that you could do? Like, how did you go to work? (laughs) Um, not very well. I went to work. (laughs) Thankfully, actually, for half of 2016, I got to work for myself from home, Mm. um, which made that easier, part of that year easier. Um, and by the time that I went to the doctor, I had been working for a, one of my employers is in incredibly um flexible with scheduling for staff so if i needed to come in later or you know take time off whatever that may be i was able to do that yeah i think that's one thing um that is so awesome when you have a an employer that is mindful of you um and your chronic illness and things like that that's something with me that I've struggled with a little bit, uh, with my 
my current employer is is not really having that flexibility um, though they have um, they have started to just because uh, they've seen enough of these doctors and diets that I've had to go on that they're kind of getting used to it but um, but yeah sometimes it's hard I just can't I can't imagine like being in that much pain and then having to go to work I just can't <laughs> it sounds awful but let's see okay um, it it have to what I said it can be, but just knowing you have to pay my bills gets me out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does help. <laughs> and I don't know about you. I'm sure it's the same, but with, for me, I'm like, I have to give my dog a very good life. So you need to get your butt out of bed and go to work. <laughs> that's, yes. what, that's what it's more about. It's not really about me. And you know, no, <laughs> uh, let's see. I think this is an interesting question. So what I kind of want to, I guess it can still be kind of around your chronic illness or, or maybe not, but like, what is your dream? Or if you could live your perfect day, what do you think that that would look like to you? Oh, that would be not waking up with an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, in regards to my chronic illness, it would be, you know, a low pain day and feeling fairly well, mm -hmm. um, having my symptoms pretty well managed, knowing that there's no cure for it. So it's just kind of something I have to deal with. Um, but it would involve, you know, waking up. Um, I have a, um, a business um, mm -hmm. where I get to help people with their health and wellness. And so my perfect day would like include that, that I would get to get up and just hang out with my dog yes. and pour into people and help them with their health and wellness and, you know, hang out with my dog some more. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. Like I ultimately, like my dream is to open up, um, actually an animal rescue. I would love to open up a dog rescue. Um, maybe once my partner retires from the military, yeah, um, that would be possible. Um, my dream is basically to work for myself and to have like a good work-life balance while pouring into other people and helping other people with their health and wellness. Yeah. And I still think you should be like a life coach because let me just tell you, whenever I'm like having a bad day or things are confusing, I'm always like, and that text Michelle. <laughs> I'm like, who is going to help You're so me work sweet. this? <laughs> maybe uh, someday. Maybe someday. It'll come. Maybe someday. So I just have a couple more questions, and they're they're kind of just my my little ending questions. But the first one is for people who are just starting their journey with their chronic illness, or maybe they're in quite the slump. What is something you want to be sure that people listening to this podcast leave with? Your feelings and your symptoms are validated. Mm. It is not, it is not in your head. Um, pain is not normal. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel like something is wrong and nobody is listening to you, continue to advocate for yourself and find a different doctor. Um, I think that too many of us put doctors on a pedestal 
and think that like they're a doctor, they went to med school, they're the end all be all when it comes to health. And that's just not the case. The truth mm-hmm. is, is that there are a lot of doctors that are not educated with various illnesses. Mm-hmm. And so if you think something is wrong, it is wrong. And you need to find a doctor that will listen to you. Yeah. I want to throw like 300,000 praise hands up to that because I feel exactly, exactly the same. Like definitely you are your biggest advocate. You are your biggest cheerleader. You, it's like, you are your person. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to, to know yourself well enough to know this is not okay. I need to find someone that is going to have my back. And sometimes that is going to be a regular doctor. Sometimes that is going to be someone on the natural side or a functional side. Maybe it's going to be, maybe it's going to be someone that works in autoimmunity or chronic illness online. Maybe you want to go through that route. Maybe you just want to research it for yourself for a little bit more and give yourself some backup. Um, But definitely being an advocate for yourself is, is amazing. Definitely. Definitely love that one. Um, So two more questions. One is just the fun one that I'm going to end all of my podcasts with. But first, I want to ask if people wanted to get in contact with you or follow you or say hey to you, where could they do that? I'll put these in the show notes too. But but do you you have any shout outs you want to do? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Michelle Kate. It's two separate words, Michelle and Kate, K-A-T-E. And mm-hmm. you can find me on Instagram, michellekate.com. And it's D-O-T-C-O-M is my, is my handle. Because, yeah. because I bought that URL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, haven't, and haven't put it to use yet. <laughs> yeah. That's all good. It's yours. That's all that matters. <laughs> FYI, you can't buy that. Yeah. She's also pretty active in my (laughs) Facebook group, so you can find her there. And then, um, like I said, I'll put all of her info in the show notes. But, Michelle, the last question that I want to ask you, because I think this is just a fun way to end the call, what are one or two things that you're grateful for? I am grateful for my family. Mm. Um, I would not be anywhere without my family, mm-hmm. um, which that includes my partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All, all blood and non-blood family. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I am great. <laughs> and I am grateful for my friends, um, mm-hmm. to, to include you. Um, yeah. truly, I don't think that anybody <laughs> is anyone without, without their circle, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm thankful for. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on my first, my first podcast guest. This was amazing. We'll have to have you on again. I definitely want to do some uh, like fun Facebook lives and stuff too. So super pumped about that. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. I'll talk to you later.